Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Superb goal by Hollow. sharing up. The Bermatov has won to spare. And Defoe all the way. And to OVB. Sammy Chittler. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut. And it's Gareth Bale's night once again. Stoppage time. Alan Nielsen has scored. Hello guys and welcome back to the last one on Spurs where hopefully we'll be providing you with some therapy on the back of that galling defeat to Wolves in the Premier League and looking ahead to Cardiff to come, an opportunity for Spurs to bounce back pretty much straight away. Helping me do that, delighted to have joining me on the show Jason McGovern, alongside myself and Jason, pleased to have Ian Garner regular back on the show and alongside Ian and Jason, we're pleased to have Jamie back from the Daily Hotspur. Hopefully the show provides just the therapy you need. Enjoy it. So Jason, over to you first. We're recording 24 hours on, so maybe we've had a bit of time to calm down. What a woeful performance, Jace, when you look at the back of that Wolves game. I mean, for me, it didn't create anywhere near enough to kill the game off. And some of our passing was dreadful, simply not good enough. And I think the fact of the matter is, Jace, you know, if you do want to challenge for the league, which we obviously try and go for, you have to win those kind of games, don't you, against Wolves? Well, it definitely was uh, was a really disappointing disappointing afternoon, was it, once you've gone 1-0 up and first half actually looks in pretty much control. And I thought first 10 minutes of second half, we looked like we were going to push for the second goal, even if we, we didn't have the effort on target. The momentum of the game still seemed to be our way, but... But from you know 55, 60 minutes in, it, it, it totally switched, and we we just didn't respond in 
in the way we had to do. And um, it, was, it was a very disappointing afternoon. And, and you're right, you know, every team, even the team that wins the league, will drop sloppy points. But, but uh, I know what you mean by that's the type of game you have to win. I mean, Ian, let me come around to you. We just seem to, in that second half especially, admire Kane's first half goal as a team and didn't do much from then on. I mean, the passing was particularly awful in both halves of the pitch. Can you understand a tad of two halves? Because Spurs in that first half, you know, we dominated proceedings. We're unlucky not to be more than one goal up. I mean, I know there was a couple of penalty shouts. Also, you could argue that Spurs could have had a couple. But, I mean, the second half performance, Ian, we just went off the boil. How do you explain that second half? I think, I think, Fatigue caught up with us, you know. I, again, the TV schedules have not exactly been kind to us um, over the over the, uh, over the over the Christmas period. Um, I think that Pochettino said it, and he, I think he, I think you know from from reading between the lines, I think he thought that you know we 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 just had settled for a one nil, and and um, we become a little bit complacent, and we allowed our heart to rule our heads you know and and you know and not play the game that we uh, that he probably sent us out to play um i have to have to take i have to say that uh, credit to wolves mm, they, that definitely. i think that um i think that for the for for at least 45 minutes they were the best team i've seen in a, in a half of football you know next to probably man city so you know for, you know fair fair play to them and they did they did a real good job on us. They they man marked Son out of the game, and and they forced us to go long, um, and then we our, our passing game just went astray. So um, I think, it, as, as Jason said, I think it was coming. I just don't just don't get all the all the Ferrari over it that um, that we that we let in three against Wolves and it's a disaster, and and Man City let in three against Crystal Palace at home, and you know and and they're still. You know they're still seen as title challengers, but we've bottled it apparently. So um, happy days. That's that's the way it goes, I suppose. Well, that's the anti-media against Spurs, isn't it? I think. Can I just say in general, when when you think back to that Burnley game, what it does show is, even for teams outside the top six, you don't have to go and park the bus and make it a negative, sterile game. You know, we we hear this that you, you can't expect these teams to come to Wembley and try and play football, but. But, you know, Bournemouth tried to come and play football and actually had chances. All right, I know it sounds crazy, they lost 5-0, but you could switch that the other way around. And Wolves come and they scored three. And so, you know, let's hope the Burnleys and the Crystal Palaces and things just just do take a look and think, do you know what, if you do try and attack some of these teams, you will get chances. I think you made a good point there, Jase, just on Wolves. And Ian made it in general. You know, you have to give them credit for their performances against the top six this season. They got a draw against City, a 1-1 away at United, 1-1 away at Arsenal. Chelsea, they beat at home 2-1. Liverpool, you know, lost 2-0. But, and the Spurs 3-1 away. I mean, that's, you know, two wins, one draw. And, you know, you've got to say overall, you know, the manager there, Nuno Santos, has done an incredible job of stifling the best teams in the league. They deserve so much credit. But, Jamie, I want to bring it back round to you because Spurs, we gave away possession 109 times against Wolves through misplaced passes and dispossessions and failed to register a single attempt at goal or create a single big chance in that second half against Wolves. Do you think, like the chaps have said there, maybe fatigue has caught up with the team a little bit because we had a lot of games, as we know, we have the least amount of recovery time in the whole Premier League. Do you think it was just one game too far, Jay? Yeah, for me, yeah, I was going to say exactly the same. To be honest, I feel as though it was fatigue that um, was probably the biggest issue for us yesterday. Um, maybe a few other issues might have been we we underestimated Wolves, as we've just said, they're a fantastic side. 
Um, of course, there was the pressure of trying to trying to close the gap on Liverpool as well. So maybe those were two other factors. But for me, yesterday just felt very similar to to the Arsenal game where where we lost at the Emirates. Um, it kind of felt maybe a step too far in in the number of games that we played over the Christmas period. I think obviously you know we we had two fantastic performances against Inter and Chelsea. The same. Uh, against Bournemouth and Everton, and uh, yesterday we just weren't able to go for that extra uh, that extra third game, and um, yeah, it really told yesterday. And I feel as though, yeah, for, for me it was fatigue, and um, of course I think look, our, our, you could say that obviously it's the same for for most teams that um, obviously Wolves have had their squad uh, are going to suffer fatigue from playing so many games over the Christmas period, but of course I think really. You know that our squad's really been tested over the whole course, of the whole season. I mean, you look at Sissoko starting all of the last, uh, starting um, twelve times at the last thirteen games. So it really shows that our squad's really been stretched over the course of the whole season. So I think that for me, it did come down to fatigue in the end. Okay, well, I mean, Jace, come around to you for a bit of perspective. Also, we have to bear in mind over this festive period, we've taken fifteen points out of eighteen overall into a knockout stage of the Champions League, beat Arsenal in the League Cup and still have an FA Cup run to come to. I think, as much as I say, that, that defeat does hurt towards, but when you put all that into perspective, there's still so much to play for. And I think, like Jamie just said there, you know, Man City, you know, they lost at home to Crystal Palace and it just seems the reaction on social media to when Spurs do it, it seems to go completely overboard, doesn't it? No, it is. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we all want more. We, we, we want to be top of the league. Of course we do. You know, and we're not saying you settle for what you've got. And, of course, you keep pushing. But if you'd have said on match day one, when we kicked off at Newcastle, we'll be in the knockout rounds of Champions League. We'll be into the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. We'll be on exactly the same number of wins this season as Manchester City. And we'll be just two points behind them. When the challenge is to close the gap on Manchester City, which is what everyone said at the start of the season, you'd think, well, you know, you, you bite your hands off for that position. And the, the strange thing is, even with the issue of signings, if we'd signed three players and was in the quarterfinals of, of the semi-finals of Carling Cup and the, the Champions League knockout rounds and two points within City, we'd say we'd have been having a brilliant season. So that, that's that's it, isn't it? It's it's just just the perception that you have from it. And okay, it, it's it's a bad loss to Wolves, but as, as as I think as Ian has just said, you know Manchester City will be sitting there thinking. How the hell did we lose at home to Crystal Palace? And, and you know, Manchester United will be sitting there thinking, how did we lose this game? And Arsenal will be sitting there thinking, how did we lose that game? And, and Chelsea have had a, a stupid loss along the way. All the teams will suffer stupid losses that, that unfortunately, it's part of football. That's, that's what happens. So, you know, it's important not to go completely over the top and into knee-jerk and this player's not good enough and get rid of him and get rid of him and, and have this complete root-and-branch investigation because we've lost a game to Wolves. We've won 15 of our first 20 games. It's, you know, we're sitting there with more points at this stage than we've ever had. So, of course you want more. But, Jesus Christ, we're in a far better position than any of us probably thought we would be at this stage of the season. I've got to say, guys, we've had a load of listener questions coming, over 50 of them. So, I can't thank you enough for all of them. And we're going to try and cover as many as we can. So, Jason, I want to stick with you. Jeff Knight at JKVT says, since November, Liverpool have played 13 games. Spurs have played 14 Watching Spurs' game against Wolves, it looked like they turned off in the second half, while Liverpool kept wanting more. I assume he means against Arsenal. How do we culvertate that attitude, Jace? Well, I mean, Liverpool are playing, they're playing full of confidence and things, but 
it's, I don't know how you, 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 you get that attitude. You know, give, give Liverpool a little bit of credit as well. But, you know, there's 19 teams that are, are struggling to catch Liverpool, isn't there? And, you know, Manchester City at the moment, we're thinking, how the hell can we match Liverpool's intensity? And, and you know, Chelsea and Arsenal will be thinking the same. It's it's not just a simple thing of you just click your fingers and do it. Um, you know, Liverpool have perhaps been a little bit fortunate that that they haven't had the same degree of problems that we have with squads and things. Uh, it's worth saying that despite their their so-called brilliant squad, you know, they've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup. They're not yeah, in it. We, we still are. Yeah. You know, they lost three of their Champions League games. They qualified from a group having lost to every single team in the group. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've got to throw it the balls. They were fantastic against us at Wembley. They're playing with a real intensity that I think, I think Anfield drives you on to do. I tell you what, Anfield, uh, when Wolves scored their second goal last night, would not have all been running for a train, that's for sure. Anfield would have been sticking <laughs> with it and sucking the ball into the net rather than, than saying, oh, I can't be asked to watch the rest of this and, and, and going back for, a, for this mythical train. But, you know, Liverpool as a whole are united as a club. Mm. And perhaps that's that, that energy that being united as a club, that in fairness, we had in that last season at Tottenham. Spawn. You yeah. know, when every home game was, was massive intensity despite tiredness, wasn't it? We had all that emotion going for us and perhaps Liverpool were a little bit of feeding off of that at the moment. And the fans play a big part of that. They do indeed. Ian, I want to come round to you. This is from Debstar at DJL03 regular listener. Debstar, I hope you're well. Debster says, Ian, it seems every time there's an opportunity to close the gap at the top, the team just implodes. Yes, we've had a great Christmas apart from Wolves, but why has KWP started on the bench when he had three assists in the previous game? Davis, Trippier and Hugo were also poor. You got a response to that, Ian? Um, I must admit, I asked the same question yesterday um, <laughs> about about why didn't KWP start. I understand that there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, rotation needed, and we all said that they were that, that, that their fatigue played a part. But I'd have thought that you know KWP coming off the back of a of a man of the match performance um, and. Um, you know, shoring up that right wing, I think it'd have been all right. Out the other part of the question about imploding, um, I hate to use this word. It's it, you know, it, it is sometimes, you know, that 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 word Spursy is you is used. Um, I, I think that we're a, a lot better outfit now. You know, I've I've been to Everton before, and we've been one nil up going into the last sort of. The last minute, and we've lost the game two-one, and that's that, and that's real Spursy. I think that again, we've just got to put this down to a to a, to, to a bad day at the office, um, and and I'm and I'm fully expecting a, a a massive response against Cardiff. I think that that you know, I think that the team would have been hurt by that result. And as I said, that, that, that as Jason has, has said about the, you know when when we went two-one down. I've never seen such a well-executed fire drill as I'd seen in, in, my, in my entire time going to Tottenham. It was oh, embarrassing. Mm. It was utterly embarrassing. And anybody that said, you know, fuck you, Ian, we were going for a train, then go for a train, all right? But leave your pick and mix and your fucking your popcorn behind because it, it is embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. If do you reckon, Ian, just to pick you up on that point, if that's at the new White Hart Lane, fans standing in their seat, is that an easy thing for me to say or...? And I think, and I think, like I said on the last pod, and I think that, um, that, that anybody that's been there, you know, like like you, you go Chris Chris Cowling on the mm. on the um, on the show, and and you know, 
the new White Hart Lane Tottenham Hotspur is is White Hart Lane 2.0. Yeah. And I think that it will encourage more of the season ticket holders to go. And 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 I hate to say this because I'm feeling a, a bit of a bit of a season ticket snob. It it will maybe make less of the of the the sort of like the day trippers. You know, I had a family in front of me. That every time I got up and, and and started singing, they all looked at me like I was I spouted two heads. <laughs> so it's it, it, it's getting to the stage yeah. where we we have to we have to wish that when we're in the new White Hart Lane, that for God's sake, anybody that goes to the ground, please get behind the team. You know, because they, they feel it, and there was nothing. There was there, there was in in the second half, there was I reckon I could count on. One hand, the amount of sort of chance that got going, and one of them was the old shelf side, part lane, sort of like backwards and forwards in if, if, halfway through the second half. But that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to get behind the team. We do indeed. Dave Ellis says just on walls, and we've discussed about giving them credit. I think you have to. He says you have to give walls credit. Shut every bit of space down in the first. Sorry. He says, you have to give Wolves credit, shut every bit of space down in their half and drop deep and we couldn't play through or over them. After scoring, we stopped going forward and went sideways. Not Potch's fault. The players on the pitch just ran out of ideas. These things happen. Jamie, I want to come round to you. As we've discussed, I think you've mentioned there about the fatigue. Gareth at G-W-L-E-G-N-D-I-T says, was it one game too many? I think you've answered that already. But he also goes on to say, Sissoko and Winks ran out of legs. Been classed recently in brackets. Both fullbacks ineffective going forward. Forget buying anyone. Could Poch maybe change up the formation dynamic of the team? Question mark in Poch we trust. What do you think, Jay? Um, I would I would say that that would probably changing the formation after it's been so successful um, would be would be pretty much a knee jerk reaction for mm. me. Yeah. Um, look, we've been so fantastic playing. Uh, you know, we were fantastic against. Um, Everton and Bournemouth. So why, you know, so for me it was just something that was just wrong on um, against Wolves. So I, look, I think it was just it just at the end of the day it has just come down to one game too many. I, I think changing the formation is not the right idea. I think look for me, I think the squad has probably gone as far as it, it is going to go. I think it's a it's a squad that's probably that's not going to be built for challenging for the title. I think it's a squad that's that's certainly good enough to get in the top four, which of course would be just a fantastic achievement given that we were told before the season that we wouldn't be making it. But um, look, for me, changing the formation is a big no. Um, Maybe in-game he could have changed the formation. I feel as though we got swamped a bit in in, in central midfield. Um, So maybe adding another central midfielder during the game. But um, no, I think ultimately it's going down fatigue. Joe, I want to stick with you there because you mentioned there about you know his options, central midfield. Do you think, Jamie, it was always going to be too much of an expectation to expect maximum performance from Winks and Sissoko being only our fit central midfielders over the Christmas period? I mean, we knew, I think, before going into the start of the season that Dembele and Wanyama, you know, they're both quite injury prone. Do you think that area, as we've discussed in the summer, we're not going to keep going back into it, but do you think, in hindsight, if you look at that area, we knew we were going to maybe be short. Should that have been the area at which we targeted and maybe tried our damnedest to get players in? Um, I mean, obviously, it's difficult to, you know, obviously, it's nice having hindsight now, knowing that that's been our big, um, that's been our big issue this season. Um, Look, I feel as though it was kind of, it did kind of feel as though it was going to fall apart, those two. 
I kind of predicted that maybe Skip would come in for, for Winks. I thought, um, no, actually, sorry, I, I mean, uh, for Sissoko. Um, just given the, the fact that he's played so many games, he's played, you know, as I've mentioned, you know, he started 12 of the last 13 games. So okay. it was, it really just did feel that um, central midfield was becoming a bit unsustainable and um, potentially that might be the area that we change against Cardiff. Jay, so I want to come back around to yourself. I think what many are picking up on is that the lack of central midfield, as we've mentioned, is a real issue, but Spurs badly need to bring on either Dembele, Dyer, Wanyama. You know, if you look at it in that game against Wolves, Pochettino has had to rely on Winks and Soko a lot, as we've said. Does it look, Jason, like increasingly a bit of a mistake that he didn't make a change until the 77th minute against Bournemouth, where we're five 0 up, and he left both Winks and Soko on? Or again, in hindsight, is that easy to say? Do you think he could have managed that situation better? Because I've seen you on Twitter loads of times, Jason. When we go three or four 0 up, you're the first one out there saying, "Bring Kane off, bring Ali off, bring Eriksson off." Should he have managed that game a bit better in terms of making changes over what we knew was going to be a busy Christmas period? As we mentioned, Spurs have had the most games um, and had the least amount of recovery time. Yeah, well, it's always easy with hindsight to, to change everything, isn't it? You know, I mean, as you said about Dembele, even say Dembele and Wanyama in the summer. In hindsight, we should have done that. Mm. But I can remember seeing things in the summer. Why are we thinking of selling Dembele? And certainly, why are we thinking of selling Wanyama? That's right, yeah. And the same fans that are tweeting that then are now saying, why didn't we sell them? So, you know, of course it's easy with, with the benefit of hindsight. We can all pick a, a brilliant team with the benefit of hindsight, can't we? But, of course, even then with hindsight, you don't you still don't know if there'd have been a difference in the result or performance. So, it's very difficult to say. I, I, I actually didn't think Musa Sissoko looked that much leggy yesterday. I think, you know, we know that Musa Sissoko's problem is that little bit of, of quality. But I, I thought, you know, it was still a second half. He was perhaps, he was the one person that was trying to burst forward and and, and, and get into positions. But, um, you know, and Sonny was the only one really doing it in the first half, wasn't he? But, you know, you can always look to, to change things. I think that the real difficulty is in this period, and it's I think it's all, every single team are trying to do it. You know, it's trying to manage all four games almost as, as one game, isn't it? It's That's right, that's you know, it. You, yeah. you, I mean, you know, I, I see a team today, like Bournemouth goes to Old Trafford tonight and Ryan Fraser's on the bench and things like that because they're trying to manage. And you feel like every single team's not quite picking the teams they'd really want to be playing with at the moment because they're just all trying to trying to get through games. It's, it's, it's a strange, strange scenario that you're in. And it's definitely at this stage of year an advantage for Liverpool to be playing four games in, what is it, you know, 15 days, where we're playing four in eight days. I yep. mean, it's a, it's a massive difference. Absolutely massive difference. So, you know, you can always look to, to change things with hindsight. But, you know, when you're having to sit there and make the decision in the now, you don't have hindsight to help you. So you'll always be shot for it. And yet, when he gets it right, you know, no, nobody, nobody will criticise it, will they? That's football. I mean, Jason. Then just picking up, then so you don't have any blame towards Pochettino for being at the time five and up against Bournemouth and leaving Winks and Soko on. You think it's one of those things? Well, you know, I'm, I'm always the first to say Kane's got to go off. So you are, there, yeah. there's one of the, right. So you take him off. There's one of the two substitutions gone anyway, isn't mm. it? Yeah. You, you've got to make sure you leave one up your sleeve because you don't want to be playing the last ten minutes with ten men. Of Either if if you pick up an injury and you've made them all early, you've taken Kane, Sissoko, and Winks off, and and Sonny gets injured, you think, Christ, we're now down to ten men, or if it's a defender. So, you know, Kane's always the first. I know you're right. I'll shout, get Kane off now because I think he's the most valuable one. 
one or two people would say get Ericsson off as well. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you only get three subs, not five. Mm. I mean, I want to come back around you, Ian. This is a question from LWOS Tottenham Hotspur. He says, hi, last one on Spurs. Did the performance against Wolves show how far our expectation as fans has been raised in the last week or so? Or has it merely confirmed how our lack of squad investment has and always will hold us back? Thoughts on that, Ian? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think that, that the level of expectation has risen exponentially over the last two or three years. I think that, you know, if if if, if you are... If you're being honest with yourselves, you know, I've, I go back to those positions where you were always, you know, lucky to, to sort of like get to the in, into the top seven. You know, over the last three or four years, we've been we've been up in the top five, you know, and and that that's driven that. I think that, you know, Pochettino, if, 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 if we if we don't read between the lines and we just read into what he's saying, he obviously believed at the start of the season that the squad that he had was good enough, and there was going to be plans to bring in, um, you know, some of the some of the youngsters, you know, like the skips of, of, of this world. And and I think that I think that what what he couldn't legislate for, and I think everybody, every other team in the league would struggle, is without is with the injury list that we've picked up, you know, and and, and I think that 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 has been probably the cruelest cut of the lot in that, you know, you, you set out with, with, with your plans for certain key individuals to, to, to come in and come out at, in, in different games. But those those key individuals aren't there. You know, I can remember being right in front of, of, of Moussa, Sissoka, uh, sorry, Moussa Dembele when he got injured at Wolves, and that was a bad injury. Mm-hmm. And you could see it was a bad injury because I was literally... I don't know, 10 yards away from it. Yeah. And it was a bad injury. And I just think that, you know, you cannot legislate for that. And if you can, and, you know, it's Manchester City now. They've got, they've got good players in, in, in each different department. They've got two of each apart from Fernandino. And Fernandino's out and they've been struggling. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you are in a situation where, as, as Jason has said quite succinctly before and quite, quite sagely before, is... Who do you get in? Mm. You know, who is there out there that you can bring in to strengthen the squad? You know, I see all sorts of names banded about, you know, where, 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 where people retweet stuff. And, and, and you look at it and you think, I don't know where, where it's coming from. You know, where, where are those people coming from? I don't know. I mean, I don't think January is going to be the market for us. I just don't think the kind of players we need. And listen, we've got some questions on it. I don't think the players that we need to improve this squad... I think Jay says this all the time, the kind of money that we need to spend now, because of how good the squad is, you know, I think the level of the players we're going to get, I don't think January is really a viable option for Tottenham. But listen, let's go back to the questions. We've had so many in, guys, so thank you for again for all the questions. Jamie, I want to come around to you. This is from Jim Bliss at JimBliss123. And he says, why did Pochettino send out an 11 out of shape and lookalikes for the second half instead of usual players? Not sure I ever saw an entire team's level drop like that after half-time. Very strange and very disappointing after such a great run. I mean, Jamie, we discussed about the team. I don't think he's had much choice, has he? Bearing in mind the injuries he's had, I don't think he could do much more when it comes to rotating the team for this particular game. Look, I mean... (laughs) I think when you when you can see equaliser to Wolves and you're kind of turning around to your bench and and you're looking at the likes of Nkudu, Skip and and well obviously Lucas is a great player to bring mm, on but the bench was obviously there's nothing to bring on so obviously he's got I think therein lies the problem that um, the squad just 
the squad just isn't quite good enough. I know we'll keep repeating it, but mm. um, I think it just was that case that we just we just didn't have a we just didn't have enough players to bring on. And in terms of, I think in terms of investment, I think um, it's kind of look. We, we obviously got very excited. Obviously, there was lots of title talk after, of course, yeah. the, after the Everton performance and the Bournemouth. We're obviously fantastic, but um, yeah, we obviously I think you know. I think we just maybe got ahead of ourselves slightly too much. <laughs> showed that, um, Jason tried oh, to calm us down a bit, didn't did he? I, what message did I send you that night on the? You what, said whatever point? you do when you were called, do Don't not mention the get title. Ahead of yourself. But Jace, listen, but Jace, we're football fans. We all want to see the team win the league. We're, you know, we're up there. How can you not talk about it when Rick, you know had a great Mike, result against Everton? Now, to put it into context, Rick, like mm. I say. It's getting ahead of yourselves and then they're shouting your mouths off about it. Yeah, but I don't think we're sitting here. I don't think we generally believe we could win it at that moment, Jase. But I sit here and think, do you know what? I can see us winning the Carabao Cup. What I don't do is then tell the whole world for for half an hour just how (laughs) how we're going to do it and just the exact (laughs) manner we're going to absolutely smash every team on the way to the final. There's there's a difference in it. Uh, Yeah. You know know what I mean? Of course There's a difference to... You know, it's like the boxer that you know the the boxer that completely trash talks, and there's Anthony Joshua that just says, "I'll give this bloke a bit of respect, and then I'll knock seven bells out of him." It's mm. it's there's the difference in the approach, and you know that that's the key that I think as a football club as a whole, we still haven't learned to to manage our own expectations, and we were in a title race in terms of position. We're second in the league, so fantastic. But you think. We're six points and with goal difference effectively seven points behind the team that hasn't lost a game yet. So for me, we're, we're not in a race. We're, you know, we might have still have the tracksuit on waiting to get into the starting blocks, but we're, you know, we're not 50 metres down the track by any means, that's mm. for sure. Just to acknowledge the questions we've had, we've had so many from Anders Lang, Shreyas Rayo, Kenya Spurs, Anthony Johnson, Daryl Bradford, TSD Sari, Paul, aka Paul, just on Pochettino substitutions. I feel we've covered them. I think we've given that enough. I think, listen, it's a defeat. We're all hurting as we naturally are, but we've got an important, you know, opportunity now to bounce back fairly quickly against. Just to say, Rick, on the substitutions, can we make one point? Go for it, Jason. What on, what on earth is the point of Uncudu? Jared Ilias says, "How shit must GKN be if he can't even get on the pitch when we're three-one down at home?" Yeah, I mean, you do sit there and think you might as well just had six subs. I mean, under what you do feel under what circumstances would Pochettino ever give give the bloke a go? Now, I'm not saying Pochettino's wrong. He may all look like I've said. He may look at him and think, do you know what? You've not gone past Kieran Trippier once in seventy five training sessions, so I know you're <laughs> shit. But in which case, what on earth is the point of him being on the bench? And, and you know, that's one. You thought, come on, at two one down, maybe just a bit of unpredictability might have. I've got something, but I just, well, what a complete waste of time that signing's been, hasn't it? And I think you said that it's taken him longer to have a medical than he's oh. had minutes on the pitch for his entire career. I mean that. It's, it's, it's a joke. Unreal. It's a I mean, joke. unreal. Just going back to the team ahead of the game, we saw Dele Alli pass fit after a late fitness test. Ben Davis was recalled in place of Danny Rose, who was on the bench. Walker Peters, Foyth, Mora and Skip were amongst the subs. Jamie, want to come back round to yourself? A screamer from Harry Kane as he cut inside from 25 yards to rifle Spurs in front. What's such a shame, Jay, is that the quality of that goal, it's not going to be talked about as it was if Spurs wanted to win that game. And what a strike it was. No, I think, it, again, it shows how just how good this man is. I mean, mm. of course, it was on his weaker foot as well. He's now placed 21st for a right-footed player. He's now 
placed 21st in all-time Premier League oh. goal scorers with the left, with from using the left foot. So obviously it shows just how versatile and and, and what he's how many strings he's got to his bow. So um, yeah, I mean it was obviously a, an amazing strike from Harry Kane, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it just kind of all fell apart from there, really. Mm. I mean, Ian, he's been involved in 11 goals in his last 11 appearances for both club and country. I mean, he gets labelled a tapping merchant, Ian, but that is that was some strike, wasn't it? And it's just gutting we can't speak about that in going context of going on to record a win because that goal deserves to be so much, you know, glorified rather than being in a defeat. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty sort of like long distance tapping, wasn't it? You know, when <laughs> when you look at it, you know, oh, and, yeah. And it, and it was a and it was a quality strike. There, there, there is no doubt about it. And it, and you know, on on the face of it, it, it was the it was the one highlight in in what ended up being an, a, a totally, you know, awful game of football for us. Really, you know, and and you know, going back to him, though, he is a he is he is a, a really you know quality player. And we've 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 waxed lyrical about him many times on this pod before. And you know, it's a, it's a, it's. A, I think we, we we should all we should all. You know, you look at the at where he is in the all-time scoring charts currently, and you look where he could go. And um, and I think old uh, Martin Chivers said it at half-time on 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 the, a couple of days ago. You know, like was it yesterday? When did, when, when was the game? I'm this this Christmas yeah. period's doing my. Well, we're already trying to forget yes. it already. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I've forgotten it already. Um, yeah, and he said it at half time. He said he's he, he, and he's up there, you know, near, near Cliff Jones, not far away from 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 uh, Martin Chivers. And you think to yourself, you know, we're, we're actually living through this, mm. you know, and we're, we're we're actually living through a a a, a, a player who, who's still only twenty five, making history in front of our eyes. Should be thankful, and, and of course, him getting the MBE is just a little icing on the cake for him as well. So, good on him. <laughs> I saw the NBE described after that goal as master blaster extraordinaire. Oh. <laughs> it, was it was a great finish. It's I mean, like I say, in that first half, I mean, we dominated it. We were, you know, more than fair to go and won the break. Could have even been more. So let's turn our attentions then to the second half. Jace, coming to you to discuss the second half. I'm terrified. I've got to bring up Larice to you. So I don't know how you're going to be about this, but. Um, Bowley levels for Wolves with a header. Um, I think it's fair to say, Jace, that equaliser had been coming. Wolves showed a lot more intent in the second half. I'm going to ask you the question I asked you the other week, Jace. Would Hugo Lloris have been disappointed that he didn't keep their header out after getting a hand to it? Uh, I think Hugo would have been very disappointed that a centre-half got a completely free header six yards in front of him. I think that that's that's where you've got to look at the first problem. Uh, could he have saved it? Mm, quite possibly. But should he have been facing a completely free header. You know, there's there's the man that we should pay whatever he wants, starts off that we allegedly, corner. We allegedly, just to say, James, we allegedly believe that's the case. He wants to be paid whatever he wants. We don't well, actually okay. know if he still wants to be here. Let's just be honest no, about that as well. No, in fairness, Rick, he may not want to, but fans hmm. want him to pay. Fans, Most fans want him to be paid whatever he wants. Out of you're referring to here, Jace, just to be okay, clear. Yeah. Out of Eros, yeah. And, you know, he's standing right next to Bolly at that corner, and Bolly has a free header from six yards out. The second goal, um, he's right in front of the, the striker who gets a shot that goes through his legs because he's standing five yards off him. So, you know, yes, Hugo can do better, but Toby can do better. And as a team, that's, that's, I'm not trying to have a real dig here. At no, no, no. Yeah. As a team, as a team, you can do better. All I've ever, my defence of Hugo is, and, and the goal at Everton is a prime example, and when, when Gilfie goes around four defenders... 
perhaps we're looking at the wrong thing to say that Hugo should save it. Any one of those four defenders should stop it. And so, yes, Hugo can do better, but you can't blame Hugo for that goal when a bloke's got a free header six yards out. Okay, interesting. Could I, could I, could I, could I just add, add a little bit Please, to, to what Jay just yeah. said as well? You look at the third goal. Who is the player who is trying to track um, Costa back? Who is the player? It's not any of our defenders. <laughs> it, mm. it, it's Harry Winks who sprinted, you know, beyond our defenders to try and get to the ball. You know, and, you know, it, it's very, very, very good. And, you know, poor old Hugo, the ball goes past him. But, you know, you look at it, he, he didn't get much much support in that second half from the people in front of the, the, the immediate people in front of him. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I agree with Jason. You know, there there, there are, you know, you, you looked at the defence the defense as a unit. In that second half, they were poor. And you if know, you and go they, back and, to Bournemouth, if you go back to that Bournemouth game, Bournemouth had seven or eight really yes. good chances in that yeah, game. And Hugo made a fantastic save just before half-time. Again, was that from Charlie Daniels? Again, yeah. a free header, five yards out. You know, yeah. so why are we gifting people five yards out, free headers? You've got, you've got to yeah. look at the whole thing. I agree, why are we yeah. allowing, why allow crosses into the box? It's, it's defending as a whole team. And yes, Hugo can do better. But I think to dig your goalkeeper out for things that he could do, that, that Barcelona game, when he came charging out in the first minute, 100% is Hugo's fault. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that on the chin and say, yep, absolutely Hugo's fault. But I think some of the goals lately, he could do better on. But similarly, he shouldn't even be having to make a save from those situations. Mm. Listen, we've had loads of questions on Louise. It's only fair to ask the panel. Jason, I think we've got your views on it. But Jamie, I think you've been quite adamant in your thinking that you know you would like to see maybe Gazaniga given more of an opportunity full-time. This is from Leif at... Uh, Junabi Leif, who says, I'm a fan of Lloris, but Gazaniga's form this season has been sensational. He's unsurped form down to number three. Surely it's time for Poch to pick on form and drop Hugo and give Gazaniga a shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's very difficult. I mean, look, I think I, I agree with Jason this time. I think um, defensively as a whole, we were we were pretty poor yesterday. I mean, I look at the back line and I'd say that three of the four, Davidson Sanchez, Trigueran Trippier and Ben Davis, just haven't, haven't been good enough recently, I think. Um, Do we have uh, to afford Sanchez a little bit, Jay, only because he's just recently come back from yep, injury? Yep. Look, I, look for, yeah, I think that's a point that I'll have to make, you know, emphasize. I think Davidson mm. Sanchez is going to be a fantastic defender. I think yep. he's going to be world-class one day. Obviously, he's still so young, 22, so he's got lots of time to learn. Um, the other, the, the two full-backs, are just, I just don't think... Um, Going forward, are going to be good enough. Um, to answer the question, I think I think Gazaniga's deserved deserved a shot. I think I, I, I think Loris is one of the best keepers in the world, but I mm. think has made a huge amount of mistakes, a large amount of mistakes recently. Um, I don't think he should be prone to to, to not being criticised. But um, look, for me, I think going forward, Loris Loris is going to be the answer. And I think yesterday that was just a collective poor poor defensive display. I think Laurie certainly could have done a lot better on on maybe two of the goals, the first goal and the second goal. Certainly the second goal uh, he could have done a lot better on. But um, yeah, I, I think Gazaniga, Gazaniga potentially has deserved his chance to be the number one. But um, 
in all tr- in all fairness, I do think that Loris is the answer going forward. And Ian, just coming around to you, we had a question from Darren at Darren18565203. And again, we have to emphasise the point that we put the question thread out just after the game. So therefore, some of the questions we get, you would argue, are more in heat at the moment. He says, Ian, coming around to you, Loris is an accident waiting to happen who's cost us so many times this season. So when is Hugo going to be sold or when will he be dropped? Now, just before I come to you for your opinion, Ian, I want to say from my perspective, look, I love Hugo Loris. I still think, for me, he's at a higher level than Paolo Gazzaniga. I think Gazzaniga has the potential to be the Spurs number one. But I think at the moment, I would still stick with Lloris overall. I think his experience, you know, he saved us still so many times this season. That's not to say he hasn't cost us as well. But for me at the moment, I still think Lloris is number one. Ian, how would you react to that question? I think it, it, it probably was made in the heat at the moment. Um, I've seen Hugo pull off some stupendous saves mm. for us this season. <laughs> You know, this season, you know, you think, how the bloody hell did he get to that? Mm, He is a top, top goalkeeper. Doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't have two really good keepers in our squad. All right. Because Hugo might get injured. You know, he might get like he was in the Champions League. He might get suspended. And then we have to call on Gazaniga. I have to say that there are some. I think Gazaniga was 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 quite fortunate in in the Carabao Cup game at, at, at the Emirates where, where where he dallied too long, and you know it was one of those ones where I think he tried to clear it against the Bamiang and it could have gone anywhere. It could have pinged, you know, and, right, and, yeah. and and you think to yourself, let let's not always just get on to people straight away, you know. But when when it comes to when it comes to, to my social media input to games, I always give it 24 hours because I'm, I'm in probably no fit state mentally to, to, to come up with anything sort of like honest and meaningful about the game as it was at the time. And, and sometimes we all have to take a step back and, and, and think about what we are asking. You know, and, and for me, I think we're, we're keeping Hugo in the team and and we'd only sort of like maybe drop him for 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 tactical reasons or if if we genuinely feel he needs a break and that's it so just add, i think you know regardless of hugo or gazaniga i think just the difference between a number one and a number two goalkeeper i think your number one goalkeeper every single goal you concede you you instantly look it doesn't matter if it's edison allison bloody uh begovic or whoever you instantly because it's your number one goalkeeper look and think could he have done better? And so you, you'll micro-analyse the performance of your number one goalkeeper. When your number two goalkeeper comes in, you kind of just think, I hope he doesn't do something stupid today. And that's how you look at your number two goalkeeper. Just mm, just yeah. be safe. Now, Ian's right. that The clearance in that Carabao at Arsenal could have gone anywhere. And it, you kind of feel that if Hugo kicks that, the, the luck that Hugo's having, it would have ended up in our net. The, the, the day he made his debut, when he won man of the match... He came out in, what, the fifth minute and took a Palace player out. Could have easily been a penalty. Should have been a penalty. Could quite easily have been sent off for something like that. He's had a bit That's of luck with him, James, hasn't he? It. He's had a bit of luck with him on every yeah, game I think he's played for the club. He had that yeah. Cruyff turn, didn't he, against PSV, where <laughs> where we were chasing the game. So, he's and you know, fine, he's got away with those those errors. But when he comes in, if, if you bring him in as your number one, mm. we would suddenly be micro-analysing everything about him rather than just thinking... Don't do something stupid. And and that's the difference. Long term, 
Long term, I think we do need to upgrade Hugo if we're going to play out from the back because his distribution's nowhere near good enough. And I think you've got to look for a today's game. I mean, who was the, the Liverpool goalie yesterday pinged a ball out for that? Was it the fourth goal Liverpool scored? Alisson. You can't ever see yeah. Hugo doing that. No. So no, yeah. if you're going to play that type no. of football, you do need a goalkeeper that suits that style of football. So maybe that's where I'd say I'd, I'd accept Hugo having to, to leave the club. But but I'm, I'm still a big Hugo fan right now at this moment in time. Mm. Chaps, I mean, we have to say, just as a defensive unit, Jason, you mentioned it there, some of our sloppy passing during those three goals we conceded, I mean, that's just... We, we mentioned about the fatigue. I think that's also a big thing. We have to bear in mind we played a lot of games, as we said, least amount of recovery. But some of the passing, Jason, that second half, it was so, so sloppy, completely off the ball, and that contributed to some of those goals we conceded. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the third goal comes with a really lazy ball from Trippier. And you think, look, it's, it's 2-1 down with, what was it, three minutes to go at that stage? You'd, the one thing that Kieran Trippier is brilliant at is crossing... You've got in yourself into a wide area, so why are you trying to play the ball inside? Have some courage. Deliver a cross. If it gets cut out or it goes for a corner, the pressure stays on. But why are you trying to play a, a sideways ball behind you when there's you know, there's three minutes left? We're desperate for a goal. So, you know, that's what starts that goal, isn't it? And, you know, whoever's chasing back, it's just a really – it just summed up the, the sloppy nature of so much of that second half. Mm. Jamie, coming over to you. I mean, I've maintained a point I said it on Twitter the other day that I just think the fullbacks at the moment, and listen, Trippier and Davis have had some great games for Tottenham. You know, let's be honest about it. Trippier's come back from being a hero at the World Cup. He was magnificent. But I think for this Spurs side, I don't think either of them for me are good enough to be number one fullbacks. And listen, I mentioned Aurea, and again, I'll admit Aurea's not set the world a lot either. There's been games he's been good. Danny Rose, I think I've said it before, I think he's got the potential to. You know, get to be get back to being his best in terms of being, you know, the left, the best left back in the Premier League. But I just think when you look at Davis and Trippier, for me, they don't offer you enough going forward. Do you, do you agree with that? No, I think I think that's exactly it. I think they they are very limited when they're going forward. I think that's certainly the area, um, along with central midfield, that I'd like to most upgrade in the summer. I just feel as though, yeah, Ben Davis and Kieran Trippier just aren't good enough. I think. On obviously his World Cup performances, I think you've always got to be. You know, Pochettino even said um, either before the tournament, or after the tournament, you've got to be wary of. You know that some players can go and have a fantastic World Cup. Mm. We've seen many players. I remember there was a, a Mexican goalkeeper just recently, Ochoa, who had an amazing tournament for Mexico, and then you know he's never heard of again. He had a big, big move, and then never heard of again. So. <laughs> You've got to be careful about judging players off tournaments. Um, I was very excited to see him. I personally, I ju did judge him and thought, yeah, fantastic. He's going to be uh, great coming back. But no, um, yeah, I think that that's certainly the area that uh, we'll be looking to upgrade. I mean, I think I'll be throwing some names out again. I think likes of Ben Chilwell, left back, would be Good player, yeah. fantastic option. I think Juan Bissaka, uh, a name that's been mentioned before in the podcast, I think it'd be a great option. But um, yeah, I think that's certainly... Certainly, an area that we've got to look to upgrade in the summer. Ian, do the fullbacks worry you at the moment? I mean, the problem we have had is Rose and Oria have both been injured. You know, when they've tried to get back, which means we haven't really had the fluency of seeing you know two fullbacks for a consistent amount of time. Pochettino, as we know, loves to rotate them as well. What's your thoughts on Trippier and Davis? Are they good enough for us in the long term? Do you think, Ian, or is that an area like James says we have to try and look to upgrade in the future? I I, I agree with Jamie. I think. I think we, we have to look to to upgrade them. What 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 got me on the the, the Wolves game was we, we we said on the pod the 
before the game, and when we were discussing the, uh, the, the the Bournemouth win, you know, we, we discussed on that about what we'd expect from Wolves, and you think to yourself, get close to the to the people that are playing out wide, and there was so many times that um, I was was watching it, and you know, you know, from where I sit. You know, Jason knows where I sit because we, we, you know, we 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 bumped into each other a, a while ago. I think with mm-hmm. Jamie as well. You know, and it, and it was like, it was like you could see what what was what was happening, and you think to yourself, get close to the man that's going to receive the ball, because the because the men that were receiving the ball were getting the opportunity to con- to to control it with one touch, steady themselves with two, and then move on with a third, right? If I was always told when you played at full-back, don't give the person you're playing up against any time to control the ball because they can damage you. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I just don't think that they are tactically good enough as full-backs. I think Ben Davis, when we've seen him you know, slot in against, you know, by the side of Toby as a centre-back, he's been brilliant. You can understand why they're playing for Wales. And, and he's a steady number two should you need to use him you know but I would I would always go if, if Danny Rose his head was right and his body was right you know and, and, and we had the, the, the Danny Rose of, of, of a couple of years ago then he's always my first my first sort of like first choice left back and and, and, and Aurea has, has, has warmed I've, I've warmed to Aurea um, he's, he's one of those people that I think I said it on a pod a couple you know last year you know that you know that somebody that can't throw a ball in was 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 was, was, was bad in my book. But hey ho, he's he, he's learned. Yeah, he's improved. He, and he's learned. Yeah, and, and 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 it was a real. Did he get injured against Brighton? I think he, he did. He did. He sort of like tweak himself and well, I think it was the Brighton game away that that I think he sort of like hobbled off of. And you know, it'd be good to get him back. Actually, I agree with you, Rick. I think it'd be good to get them two back and. And, and see where we go from from there. Mm. We've not been blessed, have we? Go on, Jay. Sorry. So, so I think just tactically as well. I think you know your fullback positions is also where you miss uh, an Eric Dyer or a genuinely fit Wanyama because you know the, the fullbacks kind of getting a choice. Do I go wide and get really close to my man and leave this this bigger gap between me and my my same sided centre, if you like? when I know my midfield player, Winks and Sissoko, they're just not naturally going to track their runner at the same, in the same way that Dyer or Wanyama would. And so if, if that fullback knows, if I go to that winger and leave this 30, you know, 20 yard gap between me and the centre half, I know Wanyama or Dyer will plug it. It's a lot easier to go. But perhaps part of the reason they're frightened to go at the moment is because they think that 20 yard gap between me and Vertonghen on the other side between me and Toby will get exploited and it's you know that's that's the whole thing about team shape and why I always say you've got to look at goals you can see as a whole team of people doing their jobs correct overall Jace you feel for you I mean are those fullbacks good enough to keep Spurs you know alive in a lot of the competitions this season Trippier and Davis are they, are they good enough over the course of a season for you I think three of them aren't good enough and I think the other one is just not fit enough to be able to be counted on week in week out and that's that's the problem and that's Danny Rose I'm assuming you're Referring to their yeah. chess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean he's he's we all know that that fantastic player, but even now he's coming back. There's there's signs of him getting mm. back there, but it's still not he has one good game and then he has quite a, an ordinary poor game. And you think, 
you know, you, I mean, Ben Davis has had to play, I don't know how many games he's played, but he's had to play four or five games in a row, hasn't he, at the moment? That's right. You think if Ben, if ben Davis had been out injured, could Danny Rose have played five games in a row? Absolutely not. Well, he and played four, Jace, at one point. Don't forget a couple weeks ago, he was on his fourth game in a row. In a row. Don't forget his, that. Okay, well, mm. You know, that's that's the kind of runs we need. But he needs to play all four at a higher level. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Two at a high level and two at a low one. Mm. You know, so I think, you know, it's still a problem going forward for sure. Mm. Listen, after the game, Pochettino says that his Spurs side will need to show greater consistency, energy and focus if they are ever to seriously change for the title. He said the game was under control in the first half and maybe it was easier than we expected. In the second half, we started to maybe feel the game was over and when you feel that way, you play the wrong way. And I think, again, he's kind of referring to there the tiredness, the fatigue as we've spoken about. Just a really, really poor game. But the good opportunity is that we have a response to bounce back fairly quickly. we got Cardiff uh, away. They're currently at the moment 16th in the Premier League. They've just beaten Leicester away from home with a stoppage time winner. 1-5, drawn 13, lost 12. And Jace, just to stick with you, you said that you want to see teams that you know in that bottom half showing a bit more, I don't know, like you said there, a bit more energy to come to when they play Tottenham and want to take the game to us against Cardiff. What do you expect to see happen? Oh, I expect dinosaur football from Warnock's teams. I expect... You know him to be telling his centre half, whatever you do, make sure you leave something on Kane. And mm. you know we saw that ridiculous tackle on Lucas Moore at Wembley. Well, that's didn't it, we? it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, but you know what he should be saying is, look, we haven't got the same ability as Tottenham, but they're just on a flat loss. We've just had a fantastic win. We're at home. Tottenham. If you're ever going to have a chance beat Tottenham, now's the time. So you know you should want to have a real go and, um, and and get around Tottenham and. And, and do the high energy pressing. Get in, get in Tottenham's faces, but don't don't kick Tottenham off the pitch. There's there's a difference between playing physically to get in your faces and just pure filth of Warnock football, where you just try and kick people for the sake of kicking them. And you know he'll definitely tell his person, you get get a reaction from Ali, leave your elbow into his ribs and things like that. And that's that's unfortunately Neil Warnock style football, isn't it? So you know I, I can't. I kind of think I don't care what the result is. I just want eleven people to walk off the pitch without an injury against any Neil Warnock team. Mm. That, that to me is the best result you get against Warnock. Yeah. And you hope that in such agricultural type of, of presence to him that your bit of quality at some stage will will be enough to win the game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Jamie coming around to you, what kind of game are we expecting? It's against a Neil Warnock type. It's against a Neil Warnock team. That's probably all you need me to say. Um, what are you expecting going into this game? Do you expect Spurs to bounce back? How do you see it? Well, I think obviously they're going to be the squad's going to be so hurt from from obviously such a shocking result against Wolves. Um, so I'd like to hope there would be a a big bounce back. But of course, you know we we have been we've been fantastic away this season. So I think that that'll be interesting to see how we get on away from home. Um, of course, you know we've got Tranmere on the Friday, and then and then obviously a huge game against um, Chelsea the following Tuesday. So we've got a bit of time to recover. Um, I'm sure against Tranmere will be a much weakened side, but um, yeah, I, I guess one more big push for the team um, over this Christmas period uh, against Cardiff. So yeah, I mean I, I, I hope obviously obviously hoping for a win, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a big big performance from Spurs, but. As we said, you know, Neil Warnock's sides are always going to be very difficult to, to play against. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting game for Spurs. Mm-hmm. Opportunity to bounce back, as I've said. 
Ian, coming round to you, what kind of game are you expecting against Cardiff? I mean, I don't think it's going to be easy. They're coming off the back of a win, so they'll be on a high. But this is a game that really, Ian, you know, top performance to their maximum. This is the perfect opportunity to get back to winning ways, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 I think I'm, I'm predicting it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a difficult place to go. Um, you know, it'd be quite a partisan crowd. Um, they're, they're, a, they're a fiery bunch, you know, the, the, the Cardiff City fans. But, um, you know, the, our fans will go there and, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll be getting behind the team, that's for sure. And I think the team will respond with, with the appropriate, you know, reaction. I think they'll ride the storm that, that Jason has predicted from, from, from a Neil Warner team. And, and, and I'm just hopeful that, that, that our quality will show in the end and um, we'll get back to winning ways. Fingers crossed. I guarantee, I, I guarantee if we go there to win, Neil Warnock will blame the referee for it. That's for sure. <laughs> you can almost oh, go, yeah, yeah that's, definitely like a, a, that's definitely on the, uh, the betting tips already, Jason, isn't it, that one? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't matter what, it'll be the referee blew his whistle and, the, you know, he blew it towards facing south rather than facing north and we didn't hear the whistle or something. I mean, you know... It, Absolutely every time they lose, it's totally the referee's fault. Never Neil Warnock, that's for sure. No, that's it. Well, come on. Shall we try and get some predictions then? Let's see if Spurs can get back to winning ways. Um, Jamie, we'll start with you. What are you going to give us? Uh, as I said, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tough game for us. Um, I do think that we're going to bounce back from it. I think that the players are really going to be fired up for this one, especially after Wolves. Um, as I said, we've been pretty good away from home this season. I think it will be close. So 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs. Ian? We're gonna give us. I, I, I'll go with the same with Jamie. I, I was gonna say two one in, in, you know, before you know Jamie made his prediction. I'll stick with I'll stick with a two one. Okay, and over to you, Jace. I'll go three one Tottenham, but it will be hairy at times, and and Cardiff will get chances. But I just fancy our quality will will pick them off more than than they will to us. Yeah, agree with that. I'm going to go for 2 on Spurs. I think like some of the chaps, Jamie and Ian have said, I think it will be tight, but I do see Spurs to edge it. Chaps, I'm springing this upon you now. This is our last show of 2018, so I think it's only right to say what our best moment has been of 2018, Spurs related. Now, I've got a couple. I'm going to go for the Chelsea win, and I'm also going to go, which, you can probably ask me which win. It's going to be the one at Wembley. I thought you know Son's goal was incredible, and also that Carabao Cup win against Arsenal. Hopefully, it's going to bring... Pochettino's first trophy. Do you have any memories from 2018 we want to share? Favourite games? Should I go? Who should I start with? Should I start with you, Jace? Favourite memory? A favourite game with me will always be beating them lot down the road. <laughs> Absolutely. It could be a pre-season friendly and that would be my highlight. So, no, to beat them and, and Annie Cock in his ear, is, is, for me, is the game. Although I can accept the fact that everyone else will probably think Chelsea was the best we've played. Mm, let's go I think Chelsea checks. away as well. In fairness, Chelsea away, I think, I think made a huge difference to us winning that game at, at Chelsea away. I think that's a, a telling point and, and that partly knocks them into to the Chelsea home game. So that was a big part of getting into that top four last year, wasn't it? And finally ending that, that hoodoo. So I think that was probably the most important win, but the most enjoyable win for me is, is dumping them at, at the Emirates. Yeah, and I can't forget the Man United win as well this you know this kind of year of 2018 as well. Wonderful win at Old Trafford. Jamie, give us your thoughts. What's been your favourite moment Spurs-related 2018? Yeah, obviously, obviously, we just mentioned two fantastic derby derby wins. But for me, I'd say it was the one-all draw at Barcelona. I think that's um, interesting. Okay, yeah. Obviously, you know, we we obviously faced real difficult circumstances after after the first three games, and it re- kind of looked like we were out. You know, everyone was laughing at us that we'd pop all these posters um, saying, 
that our new stadium was going to be the only place to watch uh, Champions League football. And of course, it looked like we were going out. Um, and, and you know, whatever whatever team you go and face at Barcelona, we saw how how strong even their second team was, or or whatever you want to call that, whatever you want to call the the side that they put out. But um, yeah, I thought it was a, a fantastic evening for Spurs. Okay, thanks, that Jamie and Ian. Final memory um, of 2018 for you, well, Spurs-wise? I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that the Jamie and Jason have, have, have sort of like said mine. I'm going to go with a personal one. Yeah, go yeah, but sorry, I want to, I want to go with a personal one, right? The 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 six-two win um, up at uh, up at um, Everton. Um, it was 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 special for me because it, it made me feel. Proud and old, all in the same thing. It was the day that my son drove me to the football. Oh, there you was, go. And and, and 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 do you know what? It was, um, you know, it, it was quite bizarre to be on the left-hand side of the car going up to <laughs> going up to uh, going up to to to, to 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 Liverpool and not on the right-hand side. So that that was a special moment for me. Um, and the, and the result was was just the icing on the cake. So. You know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. Outside of what the boys have already said, you know, there, there, there's been some, some, some really good ones, and, and being in the crowd at the, uh, at, the at the Death Star the other, the other, the other week was um, to, to see us win two 0 was, was, a, was a special moment for me. Rick, can I go as an individual moment? Go on, him. and I know, and I know, Ian will love it. The Lamella penalty at Anfield. <laughs> with, with clock running oh, now you're talking. That individual moment when we thought Kane had won the game and missed a penalty and then Salah scored, let's be fair, an absolutely wonderful goal which set Klopp on that run for the Mersey Ferry down the <laughs> tuck line with, with, what is it, five seconds of time left. And then that moment that Van Dijk kicked Lamella and we got the penalty and took that. You know, that just that little minute passage of play as an individual moment of a minute in that year. Oh, that, that was so enjoyable and... And, you know, here we are, tw- you know, what is it, 11 months later or 10 months later, and they're still moaning about it, despite <laughs> Salah throwing himself to the floor. It's, it's incredible. So that is, a, that is a minute for me which encapsulated the year. Mm. There would be something sweet now. If we could go on and, you know, go for a title push, and I'm dreaming again, if we could go on a title push and pip them, God, the way they were going on about the moment, you think they've won the league the way they're acting. There are a lot of points clear, but they're still catchable, I think. Fair they play to them. They're playing really well. You know, they're playing good well. football as well. You know? mm. They're not parking the bus on their way to, to how they're playing. They're playing some terrific football. And watching them yesterday, you know that that goal that Firmino scored with three Arsenal players on the floor was was just a fantastic goal to watch as well, wasn't it? So you know, fair play to them. They absolutely murdered Arsenal yesterday. And and despite the the fact that it, it put us nine points behind them, I, I certainly enjoyed watching them stuff them. That's for sure. Mm. The thing is, you thought Spurs defending was bad. Two hours later, you watch Arsenal. They actually, Arsenal isn't bad <laughs> after all. To be honest, but listen, it wasn't it. It was incredible. We have to say, guys. Also, with it being the closing show of 2018, just a massive thank you to every single listener out there. It's been an incredible year for the podcast. We've hit tremendous strides, top charts, got ourselves on national radio, and it can't have been down without all our loyal listeners out there. So again, we want to thank each and every one of you and wish you all a very healthy, happy new year. Have a wonderful new year. We'll be here with more Last Word on Spurs shows. It just leads me to say, Jason, thank you for being a wonderful alongside me for the year. It's been a pleasure. Yep, absolute pleasure. And, and wish all our listeners, as you say, a happy new year. Have a, have a good night on New Year's Eve. And those that are going down to Cardiff, 
Don't, don't go down there with too many hangovers. Enjoy <laughs> South Wales on New Year's Day like we did last year, hopefully. Amen. Ian, thank you so much for coming back on. Always a pleasure and a happy New Year to yourself as well. And to you and, and to you and yours, mate. You know, I, 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 I know that um, 2019 is going to be a special year for you oh, personally. Thank yeah, you. And, um, and, and, and good luck with it all. And, um, you know, let, let's... Uh, Let's 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 hope that it's a good good year for for for, for Tottenham Hotspur as well. So, oh, uh, and thank you for, and thank you for letting me uh, come on and 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 talk my um, usual range of stuff that um, I normally come out with. So uh, appreciate you the, the opportunity, mate. Don't be silly. We love it, Ian. One of our own. And Jamie, it's been a great year for us. We've managed to meet. You've become a regular on the show. It's been great having you, Jay. And listen, we look forward to many more with you to come on Love Sport and obviously on the podcast as well. No, it's been an absolute pleasure being coming a part of the podcast, and um, obviously a very exciting year ahead for Spurs. Obviously, moving in, uh, going back home to the lane, so that's obviously going to be a really special year ahead for Spurs. Agree with that. Well, listen, guys, I said, have a healthy, happy new year. Enjoy it. Let's hope we're talking about many, many Spurs wins and finally a trophy for Pochettino Spurs. Enjoy it. And up the Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.